Dinner time at the Lucci house has become a real struggle. I have twin girls, Sienna and Mila, and lately they hate to start to eat at dinner time. I don't know what it is, but this week we were having pot roast. I don't know many kids that are very excited about having pot roast. Maybe if Joey Bones was making it, they'd be excited about it. But she got some pot roast, and she got it on her plate, and my daughter Mila looked right at me. She picked it up like this, and she threw it all over the walls, like just everywhere, pot roast, covering everything. And she had to go into timeout. Dinner timeout is what we call it. So I turn her chair around, and she has to face the wall. And she just starts crying hysterically, but she needs to pay the price for throwing the pot roast. So after a couple of minutes, I come over, and I try and reason with someone who's not even two years old, and I try to explain to her why this was wrong and why this was bad, and I'm telling her all these things, and then she looks at me, and she winks at me, and she goes, dad, dad, kiss, and I am like, you are forgiven, I love you, right, and then I turn her around back at the table, and she starts laughing, because there is something in all women, it doesn't matter how old you are, they know how to play every single man. Like, they just know how to turn it on. And I was such a sucker. She was not sorry. That's how she says sorry. Sorry. She was not sorry. And she totally played me in that moment. And then she was ready to eat. But, man, dinner time has become such a big struggle in the Lucci house. Have you guys seen all the chatter lately about Kanye West. It's been all over. He dropped an album. I know a lot of you guys are big fans about it, and everyone has an opinion about it. Can I tell you guys this? It's so important that you learn this. No one cares about your opinion. Stop giving your opinion. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're clapping. It's easy, easy. Not too excited. Guys, the world does not need your opinion. The world needs Jesus and what he has to say about someone's lives. And too often, Christians make a mess of grace and mercy. There's like a struggle going on inside of us. We say we want everyone to be saved. We say we want everyone to be close to Jesus. But then when someone who has some flaws and has some issues gets close to Jesus, we all have a problem with it. We all have opinion about it, and we would like to put stipulations on it. Because that is not what the world needs right now. It needs people and Christians to stand up and say, I believe that God can transform the worst of the worst. Yet all I see is all these Christians all over social media with an opinion saying that he's not really saved. Or that he's just doing this as a publicity stunt. Guys, No, that's not what we should be doing. We should be so excited that he is using his platform to reach others. Because this may be one of the most important things I ever talk to you about in your journey as a Christian. And I love you guys. You all my number one with a lemonade. Like, you all mean a lot to me, right? And it's so, so important that you get this. Because the church in America has messed this up so bad. And if you guys can get this, man, you will bring love to a world that desperately needs it. You know what? It's not even just the world. It's your family that needs this. It's your friends all around you that need to encounter this. And this is what Christianity was always supposed to be about. Yet somewhere along the way, we missed the real truth of how we are supposed to live. Because we need to love mercy for others 
as much as we love it for ourselves. We've all given ourselves a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance. But when someone wrongs us more than once, we completely write them off. Or we see someone else in the world messing up. We totally write them off. We think that they are too messed up. They lied too much or they did too many things to really be forgiven. To really be able to accept God's mercy. See, there's a story in scripture that talks all about this. It's called the prodigal son. And I know most of you guys are very familiar with this story. You guys know what this is about. Maybe there's a couple of you that don't. So for those of you that don't, let me catch you up real quick. There was this son who decided he was done with his father. And he asked his dad for his full inheritance and he ran away. And he squandered all of his father's money on prostitutes and partying. He completely messed up his life. And then one day he realized how badly he had messed up. And he decided, you know what, I'm going to leave this life and go back to my father and find forgiveness. And that's exactly what he did. And the Bible tells us that his dad ran right back to him and met him with love. But there was a brother on the scene who couldn't accept it who was angry about it. He didn't want his brother to be forgiven. He was angry because he had done the right thing all along. And I think that is what the church in America is like. We have become the older brother in the prodigal son story. We put stipulations on everything. We want to judge people for where they have been, and we lack mercy. And it is killing the church. It is killing people all around us because we have to change the way we think and the way we see mercy. We can't just love it for ourselves. We have to love it for other people. We need to celebrate when someone who is caught in sin comes back and finds restoration in Jesus. We need to love that. That needs to be one of the most exciting things in our life. And that's how Jesus sees it. He loves when a sinner returns home. Because one day you're going to need this. One day someone close to you is going to mess up really bad. Or maybe you're going to be that person who finds yourself in some really deep sin. And you're going to want mercy. And it's so important that you learn this now before you get to that point when someone really needs it or you really need it. Because when this enters your heart, and when you truly grasp, grasp this, it changes everything. If you don't learn this lesson now, guys, you will learn it the hard way. This week, I just learned what no cap means. Does anyone know what no cap means? Like, just let me, dang, a lot of you know. Okay, so someone texted me no cap, and I legitimately thought they didn't want me to wear a hat. Like, I thought that's what it meant, right? Because I always learn things the hard way. And I have suffered a lot in my life because I chose to learn the hard way. And I don't want that for you because it is so painful. And here's what I've seen in my life time and time again. Is when you don't show mercy to a prodigal, when you don't extend mercy to someone who has really wronged you, it's only a matter of time before you're the prodigal. Because self-righteousness enters your heart. And it's just a matter of time before God lifts a protection on you or a grace on you so you can know what it's like to really need mercy because all of us are broken. 
And it is by God's grace that we all stand firm in the faith. It's not our own ability that keeps us close to Jesus. It is Jesus that keeps all of us. And at any moment, any of us could fall. Any of us could mess up. It's when you think that you're beyond temptation or you're beyond sin that you are the closest to falling deep into sin. And so please do not learn the hard way. Show mercy at all costs, even when it hurts, even when it doesn't make sense. Because when it comes to mercy, we focus on the how instead of the why. We say, how could I ever forgive this person? How could I ever let go of what they have done? And that's not how God would have us look at it. He wants us to look at the why we should show mercy. And we're going to work through some scripture tonight that I hope shows you how important the why truly is. Because if you get this, we will change the world around us. Because there are no perfect people. Never put anyone on a pedestal, especially never someone on a stage like this. Because we're all just men. We are all sinful. And it's so easy to look at people sometimes and think that this person is so mighty and so holy. But that is so far from the truth. I am a person just like you. And I probably have needed grace and mercy in my life more than anyone sitting in these seats. And I continually need it more than anyone in these seats. Because I'm still a work in progress, and so are you. So don't ever for a second think that there is anyone that has it all together. We're all just really good at acting like we do. We're going to look at a scripture that is mostly about forgiveness. When, when preachers talk about it, the goal is to talk about letting people go in your life that have messed uh, up in some really big ways. But I think that Jesus was also trying to show us a new standard, the way that we should all look at mercy for people that have wronged us and just stories that we hear about. Because when someone tries to tell me a story of someone messing up or failing I always say, no, 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 that, that is none of my business. That is between them and Jesus because I know how powerful mercy truly is. So I don't even want that to fall on my ears because I know that God is already working on that person and dealing with that situation. Don't entertain people talking bad about others. That's a form of mercy in action when you choose to not give into that speech and let that continue and Go on. So I think this was the standard at which Jesus would have us look at mercy. And so tonight we're going to be in Matthew chapter 18. This is what it says in verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one who was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Guys, that is an insane amount of money. It took about 20 years for one man to work toward one talent. So Jesus is telling this story to all these people, and he wanted them to know that this was a huge debt that was owed. This was something that this man could probably never, ever pay back. And it was an absurd number because he wanted to show how impossible it was for you and I to ever earn our forgiveness from God. You and I have all done the wrong thing, even if someone else doesn't know about it. Even if it was just our thoughts, 
Even if it was something we did when we were all alone, we all have sinned. We all have fallen short of the glory of God. And even if you only sinned once in your life, it would be enough to separate you from God forever. And Jesus is showing us this is something that we could never, ever pay back. I hate owing people anything. I recently made a really dumb bet with my cousin. I told him that the Jets were going to beat the Patriots on Monday night. And not only did the Jets lose, they didn't score a stinking point the whole night, right? Like, just how dumb could you be to believe that the Jets are going to win something? Like, I've been suffering in this my whole entire life, and you think I would learn. I just fall back into my sin over and over again, right? And I ended up owing him some money because of that. And, you know, I hated paying that. And sometimes I think you and I try to run from this. We try and pretend like we're all together, not that sinful, that everyone else is more sinful than us. And we try to run from our debt, but you and I could never run from it. And so tonight, there is good news. If you feel like you've been hiding or you've been running, Jesus is about to show us something so amazing. So let's go to this next verse, verse 25. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and that payment be made. The servant there, therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. This man could work seven lifetimes and never pay back. It was so bad that even his wife and his children had to be sold in order to even get close to this ever being fulfilled. And even with them working, it wouldn't be enough. And so he begs the master for mercy to try and escape from this debt that he owed. He was completely doomed, just like you and I are without Jesus. We have no hope. We can never cover it up. We can never do enough good in our life to outrun all the bad that we have done. And some of us try to justify our sin by trying to do good things. We think if we come to church or we do certain things that God will forgive us. No, it is nothing you could ever earn. Let's go to verse 27. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. The master does something that makes absolutely no sense. He forgives this man who owed him so very much. Because this makes absolutely no sense. And that is the love for Jesus for you and I. It makes no sense. Some of you are caught in sin that is so deep tonight. And you are so scared to deal with it. You're so scared to bring it to the surface, but you can bring it to Jesus because he will cancel it all out. He just wants you to get out of what you are stuck in and to stop going back to it. He wants to release you from that debt that you owe. And it makes no sense. It's amazing. That is the love of God for you and I. This is how Jesus treats us. And you know what? As I look at this, he doesn't say, all right, it's going to take me some time to forgive you. 
He doesn't say that there needs to be some stipulations on this of what you need to do, servant, to try and earn my forgiveness. He goes, no, it's over, it's done, it's forgotten. That's extravagant. That's amazing grace. That's the way that God forgives. And it's not the way that man forgives. It doesn't add up. Guys, when was the last time that someone wronged you that you forgave them this way? We do not have this down. We are so far from being able to forgive like God does. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes it, it, it may take a little bit of time, but I think God would like us to be extravagant in our forgiveness, extravagant in the things that we choose to let go, not only because it holds us down and it burdens us, but that's how he has chosen to forgive us, and he wants us to be closer to that. Let's look at verse 28 now. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. What this other servant owed the servant who had been forgiven was such a small amount. For us, it would be something like a hundred dollars compared to what the original servant owed of like a billion dollars. There wasn't even any comparison between the two numbers that Jesus threw out. And he's owed a hundred dollars after he had just been forgiven, saved. His family was let off the hook. And he can't forgive someone else for a hundred dollars. Scripture tells us that he grabbed him by the throat. That's how angry he was. You know what that shows me? Is that he didn't realize what the king had done for him. And this is what scares me so much, guys. This is what terrifies me about the church in America. I see how we treat all of these people, and I can only come to this conclusion, is they have no idea what the king has truly done for them. You and I sometimes have no idea what God has truly done for us. And we come to church and we sing about it, we raise our hands, but when push comes to shove, we really don't understand mercy and grace yet. And we aren't as close to getting this as we truly think because we can just simply look at the people around us and how we have met them with unforgiveness and know that we haven't grasped what the king has truly done for us. Copy you a jerk for a little bit. So many of us are holding on to unforgiveness, bitterness, judgment towards other people that we don't even know. Maybe it's not even a matter of forgiving them. Maybe it's just a matter of being judgmental. And we cast these doubts and these judgments on people over and over. Because every time we do that, we're the evil servant. We are the servant in this story who doesn't realize what we have truly been forgiven. We say something horrible about someone who's fallen into sin, and that same night we go to God and say, God, 
Forgive me for what I looked at earlier today. God, forgive me for that gossip that I was talking about with this other person. God, forgive me for the way that I treated my parents. God, forgive me for that thing that I went to that I knew I shouldn't have gone to or that thing that I let my body ingest. Right? We do all these things and then we go right back to judging everyone else. And we don't let them stay at the same standard. Guys, mercy needs to be the new standard for everyone. And when you truly get it, it changes everything. You can't want grace from God and justice for everyone else. You can't. You have to let that go. And there is a part of us that so badly wants everyone else to get what they truly deserve. We want them to be punished for how deeply we've been hurt. But on the same hand, we want grace from God. It doesn't add up. It doesn't makes sense. We need to love mercy and grace for everyone. Let's go to this next verse. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. That needs to scare us a little bit, guys. That needs to wake us up a little bit. Because these words are a little harsh. Because God wants us to know how important this truly is. And he's not saying that you can earn forgiveness by forgiving other people. He's just saying this. When you know that you've really been forgiven, you can't help but forgive. It is the natural flow of your heart to release mercy to other people. But when you still think that you're righteous, when you still think that you are keeping the law exactly the way that you should, man, you will want to throw everyone else into prison. You will want them to pay back every dime when you have been forgiven. And that is so far from God. Guys, if you don't forgive, you don't understand God's forgiveness. And I know that some really horrible things have been done to you. I I truly get it. And sometimes when abuse is a part of that, you can forgive at a distance. You can show mercy at a distance. But for any of us, If that's not the case, then forgiveness needs to be the natural flow. It needs to be mercy on top of mercy. Because one day, when I pass from this life and I stand before Jesus, I would much rather be accused of giving too much grace than too much judgment. Mostly because I don't think it's it's possible to give too much grace and mercy. Because Jesus just pours it out on us every single day. His mercies are new every single morning. But I know, I know that if I don't show enough mercy, that when I stand before God, 
that there is going to be disappointment for every single time I met someone in my life harshly, for every time I didn't forgive them for something that they did. How could it not be when scripture is so clear about it? And yes, God still forgives you. Yes, there is still mercy from you, but you are hurting people around you who truly want to change, who truly want to be different. Guys, we need to release people like this in our lives. If you are someone who needs mercy, I want you to know that Jesus is for you tonight. He sees how broken you are over your sin, and he wants to extend it to you. Release yourself. Sometimes it's not someone else. Sometimes it's someone in, it's someone close to us, but sometimes it's us that we can't forgive, that we can't truly let go of. And we hold on to our sin, we hold on to our mistakes, but you need to show mercy to yourself too. Because if you were a hundred times worse than you are, your sins would still be no match for his mercy. That's how amazing the cross is. That's how great it is. And that's true for other people too. We give away mercy because it's been given new to us every single day. Because there was a time in my life where someone that I was really close to messed up pretty bad. And I met them with nothing but condemnation. And I didn't extend them any grace. And I treated them so badly for weeks. And I look back on that time and it's like I could just feel God's heart breaking over the situation because this person was truly broken over what they did. And they wanted healing and they wanted restoration. But as God's hands and his feet on this earth, I held it back from them in some ways, even though he was extending it to them. And God, shortly after that, let me know how much I truly needed mercy. And I needed to go through something in my life to understand that mercy is for everyone. And I came back to this person months later, and I begged them for forgiveness. And I told them how broken I was for meeting them the way I did. I had to learn the lesson the hard way. But because I learned the lesson the hard way, I will always have mercy. And I think that's what God would have us be because there are gonna be people in our lives that mess up and fall short. And let's give them mercy. Let's help point them back to Jesus. Let's stop throwing our opinions out left and right Stop acting so self-righteous and get in the dirt with people in the middle of their mess and help them along the way. Here's the bottom line, what I want you guys to remember tonight. Mercy is more about the why than the how. Next time you're trying to forgive someone and you're not sure how you could ever forget them, how you could ever forget it, how the memories could ever truly go away, remember it's not about how. Because God goes beyond the how. His grace is so much greater and he will enable you to do that. It's more about the why. And the why is that he has forgiven you. And he will forgive you tomorrow and the day after that. Because that's just how amazing he truly is. Guys, let's change the world around us. Let's be different. 
Let's not just be like every other Christian. Let's really live this out. Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much that you have forgiven us our debts, that it is truly nailed to the cross. God, God, there are people in this room right now who have experienced what it's like to be a prodigal and be forgiven. And there is nothing that compares to being loved unconditionally. There is nothing that compares to that feeling of truly being forgiven. And I pray for someone who is running from you tonight. I pray for someone who is just far from you, who knows they've been giving into things that are wrong. I pray that they would find your mercy. I pray that they would know your forgiveness tonight, Jesus, that washes away sin, that separates it as far as the east is from the west, that forgiveness comes from you and you alone. But I pray that they would find healing now, God, that they would know that the new call for their life is to show mercy once they have been forgiven extravagantly, that they would truly be your hands and your feet on this earth, God, that they would come around people like never before and extend mercy. Thank you, Jesus, that you love us all in the middle of our brokenness, that you don't throw anyone away ever, that there is new mercy every single day. Jesus, we want to experience more of it. We want to know it on a deeper level. God, never let us be people who are self-righteous. I pray that this church and this youth group would not even let a hint of that in our midst, that we would love the most broken, Lord, that we would go out into our schools and to our families and pronounce that there is no one that God can't restore. There is no one that God can't heal. There is no sin that is too deep or too ugly that you can't turn into something beautiful. God, let us love mercy for others as much as we love it for ourselves. Pray this all in your name. Amen.